and that there was one who was going to come who's going to point them fully in that direction. And so we're going to jump in as this story's been unfolding in John chapter 1, verse 29. And it says this. It says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. There's some things in that text that if you've got some background in Christianity, uh, they might cause you to question or maybe you're wondering about or maybe if you don't have a background, you still might have some questions about it, understandably. One is that John says, well, he didn't know him. And for those of us who know the story of Christmas, we know that John is Jesus' cousin. So we think, well, how did John not know his cousin? Were they estranged? Did they never meet? Well, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is he didn't realize he was the Messiah. But this happened, and then he came to know it to be true. As he sees Jesus walking about, as he's with his followers, and the story is going to continue where John's followers start to follow Jesus because of this. As he sees Jesus about, as he's with his followers, he says, Look, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Which is a strange thing to say to somebody walking down the road. But John had an understanding of who he saw, his identity, who he really was. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One of the central beliefs in Christianity is that Jesus, in dying and rising again, takes the sin of the world on himself and atones, makes right, all of us who choose to follow. That we are freed from the burden of sin because of Jesus. This is the beginning of John's story about Jesus, and he points right to it at the beginning, saying, look, the lamb. He uses a word that gets only used four times in the New Testament. And that word is a reference to a lamb that is sacrificed. The lamb who is sacrificed, who takes away the sin, all the wrong of the world. That's who John saw. How did John know that was him? Well, John has got a religious background. He has experienced, he probably knows his scripture better than I do or many of us do, the Old Testament. He was someone who was out in the wilderness preaching and pointing people to try and find God again to remind themselves of how important God was. And as he is out there, he's waiting, knowing that something else, someone else is coming. And as John is out there. The other Gospels tell us Jesus goes to be baptized by him. And when he's baptized by John, who John says, I'm not fit to do this, 
there's a vision of a dove coming down and resting on Jesus. The heavens open and God declares, this is my son who I'm well pleased. John saw the sign. Everything he had learned, everything he knew, led him to the point to recognize that there is a sign that he's waiting for, his communion with God, his understanding with God. But God speaks to him and says, you're going to look for this sign. And then he knows the sign to see and sees it. So what does John do? He proclaims it to everyone around him. The first miracle that's happening here is this miracle of Jesus' baptism and recognizing that he is the Messiah that he is the one the people have waited for. John was written to an audience who was looking for a sign, who was trying to understand who is this Jesus within the context of who they are, of Jewish believers or non-believers, trying to go, what does this all mean? And John is inspired by God to write the story of Jesus leading to his death and resurrection and the hope to be found in him. And he starts the story by saying the ending. He's the Lamb of God who's to be slain for the sins of the world. There's no surprise, or there should be no surprise, in how the story goes. Sometimes we've watched TV shows maybe or read books where it starts like in the future, and you're like, how did we get here? There's like this huge explosion, there's stuff happening, and all of a sudden you backtrack like five days, and you're like, oh... You told me the end at the beginning. That's what John is doing. The story and how it's going to unfold. Jesus is the lamb who's slain for the sins of the world. And there are signs pointing to him being that. For some of us, we might wrestle with that. Maybe we're coming from different backgrounds. Maybe uh, we aren't sure what we believe. We aren't sure, is Jesus really this Messiah, this chosen one, as John's going to use that language? And what does that mean if he is? And so for some of us, we are much like what Paul says. We are much like the Jews, looking for a sign. We're looking to see, well, how do we know this to be true? How can we experience this to be true? And for others of us, we might find ourselves more in the Gentile or Greek world and go, how do I logically make sense of someone dying and then coming back from the dead? And the truth of it is, Wherever we find ourselves, whether maybe we want to be reminded of why we believe, or maybe we're trying to figure out if we believe, that answer is found in Jesus. And it's a stumbling block and foolishness for us because it's hard to understand. One of the priorities we have at Bromley, and we've said this before, is that we don't want to make it difficult for anyone to find God because Jesus is difficult enough to understand. He is a stumbling block for those who are looking for a sign and he's foolishness for those who are trying to make sense of it because it makes no sense for someone to come and die for someone else. It makes no sense that Jesus would radicalize the view of what it means to be a human being in a world that had a system that could just follow along and keep going. It makes no sense that 2,000 years after his existence on earth, he thought you were worth dying for and died for you. It makes no sense at all. 
But the reality is that it's true. And so John will go out of his way to point the signs to say, this is how we know. And throughout his gospel, he's going to outline miracles, something that's hard for us sometimes to understand because we're not sure what to do with it. He's going to outline miracles that say, this points to Jesus being the chosen one. This points to him being who you waited for. A lot of us are looking for signs. We're trying to figure out, is it really worth it? Does following Jesus make a difference? Do I even believe? And the truth of it is, the sign's been in front of us all along. Through Scripture, we come to know Jesus. We come to know who he is and why it matters. If you're looking for a sign, it's there. But just like as I'm driving in Michigan and I see these weird green signs, unless I know what I'm looking for, I won't find it. So do you know what you're looking for? Do you know what you really want? Do you really want an answer? Because if you know what you're looking for, you can start looking for the signs. And as we read through John over the next few weeks, we have the opportunity to see the signs that God has put in place so that we could come to know that Jesus is the chosen one. He's the one who died to take away the sins of the world. But we have to look for the signs. Then when we see the signs, we either choose to believe it and follow or ignore it and don't. But that choice is yours. I'm going to invite the band to come up and play. And as I'm going to pray for us as well. Today we have, following the service, we have two baptisms. And so please wait while I go get changed as we prepare ourselves to see how God has shown his signs in people's lives and invites us to follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you uh, have laid out signs through history. You've invited us to know you to know you through Jesus, to embrace forgiveness, to embrace an opportunity to have life in all of its fullness. God, you've given us a gift, but sometimes we don't even know what we're looking for. And I thank you that you give us new mercies every day to see new signs and to find hope in you. I pray, Lord, that wherever we find ourselves today, maybe we are looking for a sign or we're trying to find a clever argument to prove us right or wrong or point us in a direction. Wherever we find ourselves, maybe we need to be reminded of your goodness in our life. We need to be reminded of your love. Wherever we are, help us to see the signs. Help us to know the truth, that we are your masterpiece, 
created anew in Christ Jesus for good works prepared long ago. And as we embrace that life, help us to experience your hope and your wholeness in every moment. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.